Hello, and welcome to episode 44 of Just Keep Writing. A podcast for writers, by writers, to keep you writing. I'm Marshall. I'm Nick. And I'm Will. How are we doing, guys? I'm great. How are you? Sometimes I'm just like asking how you guys are doing, even though we haven't been talking for like the last 45 minutes. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, but at the same time, though, like, yeah, it's always like, well, did we mess up the intro or <laughs> did we not? No, we're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, top of the show. We're here to intro um, an interview we did with Brent Lambert, which I, I would love to hear your guys' feedback real quick before we get into that episode and play that audio. Um, but at the top of the show, we should talk about our Thank our patrons, as we always do. So thank to everybody who is um, contributing to the show. Um, again, depending on the tier you are contributing to, you can get daily writing prompts, early episodes. As we're recording this, folks already have this episode. So that is kind of nice to li- be able to listen to the interviews a day or two early. Um, and so that's just one of the perks of being a patron. So we appreciate everybody who's doing that. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Will, do we have an update on social media stuff? As our listeners will be uh, hearing this episode in the very early October, uh, we will be posting um, 31 days of spooky uh, books of some type of horror in middle grade, young adult, and adult, obviously. Um, so check it out our Instagram at Just Keep Writing Podcast. And we'll also shout out a couple of things also on Twitter about Book of the Days. And remember to leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps with the algorithm. Five stars because you love us. Yes, five stars. Read it on the show. Yeah, I'll stars. go that far. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that way we can actually get more listeners and build up the community because we have an aggressive plan for 2021. Yes. Can't wait. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so uh, let's see. So upcoming conferences, which we do kind of talk about in the episode, we talk about Firecon, which is coming up in a couple of weeks as you're hearing this. And uh, then we have WXR slash Surrey uh, the week after that uh, later in October. So that's what we have all coming up. I think we're all participating in both, right? Or you guys are not no. doing Fire, right? I'm not doing Fire. Okay. I am not doing FIA, but I will be um, tracking everything about the Ignite Awards because I want to see who wins because they literally every single person that's in every single category. I've read everything (laughs) and it is um, it's God, I don't know how they're going to pick. This is it's really difficult. They picked almost every single writer that I've read in 2019. I can't wait. I'm excited. Really excited. So yeah, we'll hear more about Viacon during the interview. Sorry, Nick. What? Yeah, I was gonna say you got an awesome swag bag from Viacon. I I should post it. Maybe I'll. I should post it. Um, Yeah, post some photos. Definitely, definitely post some photos because Brant worked really hard on that. He made sure to get out on time to you to everyone that was going. That was the first X amount of people to sign up. So, and come on, Fia has one of the coolest logos ever. It does totally. Uh, so I'm stoked. So let's talk about the interview real quick, guys. Um, just at the top before you guys give our impressions or your impressions of, of, of the chat we had with Brent. Um, we had some minor drift slash audio quality issues. Um, cough, cough. I hate you, Zencaster. Cough, cough. (laughs) It wasn't necessarily Zencaster. It was a combination of things, I think. And it was a combination of just, um, slow Wi-Fi that night and, and other things like that. So it's not the end of the world. So please forgive us. Um, uh, I cleaned it up as best I could. Um, Will cuts out a couple of times, but I think you get the gist of, of the questions he's throwing out there because Brent does a good job of recapping the question anyway. So 
nothing nothing was lost. So in podcasting, I call that a win. So thanks for for giving us. <laughs> I mean, we we are three different writers in three different time zones. Yeah, and the recording four of us every that other Tuesday. Four of us that episode. So in four different time zones at the time, I believe. Something no, like it was only three because he's on Still, the uh, he's west, on west coast. coast. I'm I'm the early one. <laughs> anyway, so other than that, what did you guys think of the interview? What, anything you want to say up top, Nick? First and foremost, you guys got to follow Brent. Um, I really enjoyed the episode. This is the first time actually sitting down with Brent um, and talking with him. He's part of the fire team, um, which I you know have interacted with fire before at MoCon in 2018. Um, so I really just love the team to start with and the mission that they're going for and what they drive to. And then Brent just kind of fits in right into all that. He He's an up-and-coming writer as well. Um, so he's kind of in our community and in our circle now, which I love. Um, just a fun interview, though. Like it's It was one of those where we didn't want to turn anything off and we still wanted to go on for a couple hours. Um, but for the sake of our own sanity, <laughs> we all had to go to bed at some point, right? And I do think that's a good segue into the fact that we actually, uh, the next episode, we actually had to sit down with Brent again because we couldn't let him go. Um, so we recently got back together with him and had a chat. Um, so definitely, um, you know, you'll be hearing his voice a little bit because we really want to hang out with him as much as possible. He's a really good guy. So, uh, Will, what do you think? Oh, I thought it was a great interview. It was great to sit down with Brent and talk about his writing career, his involvement with FIA and how that evolution happened and the lessons he's learned from it. And also just the reaction of, you know, building a community and his collaboration of editing the new flash fiction in, uh, in conjunction with tour.com. Yep. I thought that was really exciting. And I think everyone's really going to love this talk that we had. Absolutely. So uh, I might as well get to it. Without further ado, uh, enjoy the interview and we'll see you guys next episode. All right. And joining us this week is Brent Lambert. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. We're going to call this your origin story. Ah, okay. Um, okay. So I want you to describe your writing relationship in three words. Ooh, shoot. Uh, okay, hold on. I got to think of this. Writing relationship in three words. Um, Okay, always dream bigger. Those would be the three words, yeah. Always dream bigger. Okay, so yep. let's unpack. So for me, I guess I always like, there's this, um, there was this China Mayville quote that I've seen one at one point, and I'm just going to paraphrase it because I'm probably not going to say it accurately. But he was basically talking about um, fantasy writers and how he was saying, like, it's always kind of a disappointment to him that fantasy writers aren't fantastical enough. He was like, why aren't we dreaming bigger and doing these being crazy and just doing these wild, insane things and like actually stretching imagination as far as you can actually take it? And um, and I thought, you know, I absorbed that when I read it and I was like, oh, my God, yeah. And it was like right after I had read his um first novel for Dido Street Station. And that thing just kind of like cracked my brain in terms of like what you could do with genre. And so I have always just kind of like tried to take that into account. And um, it's why I love world building. It's why I love trying to like, for me, I try to like push the envelope on like thinking about like how the, how a world can work and just like 
and just kind of going balls the wall on stuff. Like, why am I like sitting here confining myself to worrying about certain uh, questions about world building when I should be trying to tell like this fun story that is in a world that couldn't possibly exist and that, you know, you're getting to escape to it. So I think, um, I don't know if uh, anyone's ever read the spar. That's the second book, but that one really kind of just blew my brain. Cause he like, he managed to somehow make a pirate story work with a talking cactus, a vampire and a zombie what? prince all on one ship. Yeah. Right. And he made it work and he made it coherent and it was like an incredible writing and incredible story. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Wow. That's what? how I want to approach writing. What was that called? I got to read that. It's called the scar. I actually have it like, see, this is the best thing about sitting right up here. I got it right here. One of my like all time favorite books. Awesome. Is, uh, oh yeah. Classic. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. And it's just, he's amazing. Right. And he just like has this incredible way of approaching his world. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's how I want to do things. If I want someone to like walk away from a story that I write and be like, that was crazy the entire time, but I loved it. <laughs> and yeah. And that that's kind of like, wow, it's just like dream bigger. Like you want to take it further, think crazier concepts. I was going to say, I, I love that um, because, you know, me just getting into the writing over the last few years too, I'm always like, oh, I just, if I could just get one thing published, like if I could just get into this small magazine rather than if I can get a book deal in the next couple of years. Um, I like it because that, that motivates me um, too. Yeah. And, and the way I kind of feel about it too, it's like, if you're not nervous or if it doesn't like make your stomach drop a little bit, then you're not pushing yourself. Because, you know, you should never get to the point where it feels like you're phoning it in. So I always try to, like, consider that, too. I'm like, if I don't feel just a little bit like I'm going to fail on this story, then I'm, you know, I'm not pushing myself hard hard enough. It's kind of skating that edge a little bit. Yeah, just a little (laughs) bit, you know. (laughs) Do you, um, like, were books a big part of growing up for you? Yeah, so, okay, so... um, I probably throw a couple of little stories. All right. So when I was actually a kid, I actually didn't like reading at first. Like I was like completely just bored by it. And so my dad, he got me comic books and I loved comic books. So I just started consume comic books like left and right. And then eventually I got into books too. So um, I started off reading books about uh, mythology um, like Chronicles of Narnia, I read those. I was reading um, the, oh, I'm going to mess this up. Um, Madeline Lingle, whatever her stories are, I can't remember the name. Oh, Wrinkle in Time. Oh, yeah. Yes, Wrinkle in Time. Yeah, Wrinkle in Time. Silting Swiftly Planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I was like, ah, I'm freezing, can't remember. Yeah. I love that book. Those, <laughs> right. So all those books, I was consuming them. And um, it was to the point at um, one of my elementary schools I went to, I was in the library so much. They just made me the library postmaster for the school. And they just like, they would pull, they'd be, they would pull me out of class and let me just like sit in the library and help them organize it and shift stuff around. Cause like awesome. this kid's in here so much, you might as well be a part of the staff. <laughs> yeah. So definitely books were always kind of a big thing. And, you know, I mean, I'm grateful that like my parents encouraged it and they never like, you know, gave me crap about it. 
my mom would kind of like look at me. She was like, you're, you're reading some really weird stuff, but if you're reading, go ahead. <laughs> you know, she, um, animorphs, like every, I would come home every month with a little uh, scholastic order. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mom, I, I yeah. need a new one. And she would do it. She did it without fail. She never complained. She would just, she was like, oh my God, you're reading another one and just kind of like sign off and send the order. So I'm grateful I had parents who were kind of like really supportive of that. And they kind of like always say now, they're like, yeah, we knew you'd be doing what you're doing now. Like it was never, we never expected anything else. Well, it's interesting that you say that because my, uh, I'm a high school English teacher. I was for a long time. Now I do both that and digital media. But what's funny is I always have kids that say, I hate reading. It's boring. It's boring. It's boring. And then every once in a while I can recommend a book and they're like, Mr. Carr, that book was amazing. You know? So it's like, it's a matter of finding that thing. You know, my kids, they love um, you know, graphic novels and stuff like that too. And my, you know, my daughter reads a ton. And I just remember one Christmas I got, I was really into Dragonlance books at the time. And I think I got a dozen of them for Christmas. And it's just like, you just pour through and once you find something you really like. So, um, I'm always encouraging kids to say, you know, same thing you said, it's just, you know, find something, you know? So. Right. Yeah. My, luckily my dad, he just kind of knew he was like, and I think part of it too was, um, you know, I was big on cartoons. So he was like, well, they, let me find something that's in between and you know we can start you there and they yeah, got me on x-men and it just kind of like <laughs> it took oh, off from there so yeah yeah so from there you know you started reading young as like a young kid when did you start to really put words on the paper so i actually <laughs> i um i really didn't get into it seriously until well first i guess first words on the page really was about seventh grade I would say probably because um I had an English teacher uh at the time and she gave us this one assignment and it was like write a short story about being on an alien world or whatever and I kind of got a little bit too much into it and so um she read it and she kind of was like she was like have you ever thought about like trying to like be a writer and at the time I was like no I mean you know I just like just crazy stuff and um she was like no you should you should try it and so um she you know she encouraged me a whole lot she would like again i guess teachers just like pulling me out of class so she would just like let me like sit in her classroom and just um work on stuff and you know and she she really kind of like nurtured it the idea and she was that she was really one of the first people that put a put a name to what I wanted to do. Like I always knew I wanted to create, but I just didn't know how. And um, she kind of like gave me mm-hmm. the idea of like, Oh, you could just, you could write, you could build a world this way. So um, yeah, that's kind of when I first started. And then it migrated from there into, um, I started doing like fanfic, like when I was in high school, just cause like, uh, I think I wasn't ready to like actually create create my own thing but i was ready to like dive into the worlds i love so you know i did that for a while and then um i finally got like serious about it when um i moved out here to california six years ago yeah six years ago and i kind of like finally like decided for myself i'm like okay you really want to pursue this this is the time to pursue it so um yeah ever since it's kind of crazy what's all transpired in six years, but yeah, it's been six years from the moment I really decided like I'm going to do this to, you know, to now. So. Wow. 
So within that six years, like what was the real, was it just moving to California that ignited it? Or was it you going to like writing workshops and then getting connected with other people and meeting other creative people that really like pushed you and kept you going? So I think it was a, a combination of it for sure. Cause like, um, moving out here gave me a lot of time with myself. Cause um, when I moved out here, I only knew one other person. So, you know, it wasn't like I immediately had that social circle and whatnot and people that would not necessarily distract me, but just that would create obligations of time. So I really had a lot of time to myself. Um, but part of that too, was that, you know, having that time to myself, I was able to kind of be in online writing spaces more and um, meet people and network and kind of grow from there. So the first two people I really kind of like firmly connected with were um, Troy Wiggins and uh, P. DeJelly Clark. So uh, I know I'm a Spanderson, but that's an author name. So, um, but, you know, they saw like we communicated and they saw I was like kind of serious about it. And um, Spenderson had a writing group and he asked me to like kind of join the writing group. And I did that and, you know, kind of met some writers and kind of started learning more about the business of writing, not just the creative side of it. Um, and then from there, he kind of created this Slack group for uh, black writers that he invited me into. And I met a lot more. I actually, that was like my first outside of finishing. That was like my first time really encountering authors who were published in the industry and learning like how that actually worked. Cause I had no idea what the hell querying was or like finding an agent was or any of that. Like that was just all things I was having to learn. And fortunately I met the right people at the right time. And they, you know, they were kind enough to impart all of this knowledge onto me and just kind of like, in, I guess in terms of publishing, the timeline is kind of a skyrocket pace from, um, from where I started to like where I'm at right now. So I'm kind of grateful for it. But um, yeah, so that's kind of like it was. Yeah, the answer to the question was both for sure. Now, how long have you known Troy and them with Faya? Um, about, well, I knew of Troy a little bit before I moved to California. So I'd say maybe about seven, seven and a half years. Now, that was Troy and Fenderson. Now, the other people I met, um, I met Devon around that same time. And then I met uh, Justina when she was like part of the editorial staff and then uh, Lakeisha. And then um, after that, the rest of them. So anywhere between seven and five years for most of them. Okay. Yeah, we actually, uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Troy down at MoCon in 2019. Um, and he was a guest of honor there. And Loved hearing from Troy, um, especially that panel and everything like that. So he's he's always been on on our list to kind of connect with too. Once we kind of start dipping our feet a little bit more in the publishing world, um, what's it like working with Troy and going that route for you? Troy's great. Um, all of them are really. It, it, the thing about working with Fire that I really appreciate so much is like we've all become family in in a lot of ways, and um, we actually got. God, I can't believe it was a year ago. It feels like five. But we met each other last year, all of us like together in the same space for the first time. And it was just, it was a great experience because I mean, most of us all, like I had met like Lakeisha and Devon and um, like Justina in person before, but I hadn't met everybody else, and especially not all in the same space. You know, we all got to meet 
for the first time last year, and it's just kind of a great experience. I think we're going to try to do it again next year since the Hugos are in D.C., but um, yeah, it's just great work with them. It's, they they teach me a lot about various things, and they just have been like, like I said, it's like family. Awesome. Yeah, I lo- love hearing that you got a community there for you. Well, well I'll turn it back to you. <laughs> Sorry, it was lagging again. Oh, no, you're good. Sorry, I have like horrible reception today. Um, no. All right, so how would how important would you say it was to have community of writers, specifically black? Oh man, um, I can't put a price tag on it honestly because, um, like I said before, I met them, I didn't know anything about querying. I didn't know even know how you track down an agent. I didn't like, I didn't grasp any of this stuff. The only thing I was doing was just writing, you know, and I didn't know anything about the business side of it. I didn't know anything about. I didn't know about the hurdles, you know, I didn't know about the things that were that that could impede my path, you know. So having that community was huge. And not just um not just even for the aspect of learning, but just like for the aspect of being able to give back. Cause I I I love to give back to people and like, you know, impart what I've learned and try to help them out and like, you know, just finding this um just finding this community where we're all like supporting each other and, and trying to uplift each other and and make each other successful has been um it's been great and this year especially like this year has been great i mean and it's crazy because everything else is on fire right i was gonna <laughs> say 2020 is crazy right now yeah yeah <laughs> i'm glad it's going well <laughs> right everything and that, it's been the weirdest thing to me because it's like everything else is on fire right now but like personally and like amongst my friends there's been a lot of successes happening and i think it, it's because of that community and because we kind of like set those seeds early on however many years back and now now stuff is finally starting to come to fruition and it's just good to see happen you know i love cheering on my friends i love seeing them get book deals and you know land these uh editing jobs and so on and so forth and whatnot so it's just yeah community does a lot like it, it keeps you going too because like if i was if i didn't have the community i would have given up on myself by now but you know i have like the, the community will always be there to kind of be like no, you're actually not as awful as you think today. Like, you're good. Keep going. Like, <laughs> we're here for you. And so, yeah, because, you know, <laughs> as writers, you guys know, know, like, you have those days oh. where it's like, I, I can't put one word in front of the other, right? <laughs> that <laughs> imposter syndrome yeah. strikes hard. <laughs> really? And, and you know what? And I would love to lie and say it goes away, but it doesn't. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, seeing Hugo next to my name has only intensified it in certain ways. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, did they really mean to nominate me for that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you know, it's yeah. So yeah, just the community, it, it's good. It keeps you going. It's um it, it's amazing to have it, especially as a black writer, because there are so many pitfalls. Yeah. And so I guess I just try to like my hope is that I can do for others what was done for me. And that's kind of like what I try to do through fire, like the messaging that we do, the, the, you know, different events that we do, just try to like pay it back. So. Well, I'm really excited for, for Fiacon and, and, uh, all the other stuff you guys got coming up and, you know, I've tried to get in there a couple of times and, and you guys, I love what you guys are doing. I just, we're, we're stoked to have you on tonight to talk about this kind of stuff. And, and, and the community is huge. I mean, our, our little writing community, it's like, and you're right. It's like when you feel like you're half insane one day and then, you you know, I send a text to these two and they're like, it's going to be OK. You know, like, you know, and it, yeah. that's, sometimes that's everything, you know, it's huge. Yeah, no, it is. It, 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 you know, and even having just 
like you said, a group of three people, that's still like that. That's still a village. Like that's yeah. still, you know, lifting each other up and, and keeping each other sane. And just, I mean, yeah, for me, and it's hopeful too, once you start seeing people within your community, their hard work paying off, like, um, like Danny, they've, you know, written, got the right James Bond comics. I'm like, whoa, I'm next to somebody who got the right James Bond comics. That's pretty dope. Or, you know, I have like <laughs> a friend, they just got a book deal. And I'm like, ah, I'm actually adjacent to people that are like doing good things. So it makes you, you're happy for them, but you also feel better about yourself too. Because it's like, okay, well, they must, I must be doing something right to have such a good company around me. So sure. yeah, just having that, yeah, having that village, it, it goes a long way. Well, that and I feel like in a lot of communities and writing groups, like you guys level up as a group, like, you know, so even though maybe you haven't hit your big moment yet, but, you know, like, hey, it's coming. Right. Right. And that's all they've been telling me, too, because, you know, there's certain things where I'm like, oh, God, that hasn't happened yet. And everybody's like, don't worry, it's coming. Like, we we know you it's coming, you know, and yeah, and it's, yeah. so it's just it, it's a weird space to be in, but it's, a, it's actually you know, like you said, a rising tide is going to raise all the ships at once at some point. So yeah. it's coming. Yeah. Exactly. Um, tell me your role, like with Fiat, like tell all our listeners, like I know you do like the social media and talk about that and how that came to fruition and, you know, the the good stories about it and the challenges with social okay. media. Cause I'm sure there's some. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, oh, uh, when we, so when we first like, concocted the magazine and like the group was coming together um and we were all kind of divvying up what each person could do obviously Troy and Justina had way more experience and I'm like yeah editors definitely Lakeisha she has an eye for art that I could never match art director webmaster definitely so at the end of it it was kind of like I sprung on the Twitter because I'm like well I know how to talk to people at least so like, I'll, you know I'll take the Twitter like that I can kind of do and then um from there you know I wasn't sure like what I could do with it like I wasn't sure that I could actually grow an audience through it because uh, once I took it on I was kind of like oh shit wait like I actually have to like get followers and make people interested enough to check us out so but what I found and what I found in most things, even in my personal life, is like if you show interest in people first, they will usually in turn reciprocate it or at the very least, you know, be appreciative of it. So I, I that was kind of like the framework in which I tackled the social media. And I still kind of try to tackle it that way is that, you know, I want to spend as much time talking about other people and letting other people talk about themselves and what they have going on and the things that they love as much as I talk about the magazine and what the magazine has going on. And what we found was that people were actually really appreciative of that. We actually got, um, we did this event called voices on fire for, um, NaNoWriMo the very first like year. And, you know, it was crazy, but I was like, I want to give space to people who want a community while they're going through this particular month of just writing like an insane amount of words. <laughs> and we've had, we had like multiple people who came to us in our DMS and they were like, I gave up on writing until you guys showed up. Aww. Like I had literally like stopped writing and I didn't think anything could come up. And I'm doing it again because of you guys. And, 
I mean, those messages are worth more than any award to me. Like I wanted to, um, cause that's what I wanted to do. Right. I wanted to make sure that everyone could just, you know, just, I don't know, have a, um, have a channel for writing and to know that they're being supported, know that they're being seen, know that they're being, you know, appreciated. And it kind of exploded from there actually. So people like, were kind of like, Hey, these guys aren't just a magazine. They also give a crap about us as a writer. They also care about, you know, us, um, the words we put on the page, like how we're doing today, like just general things like that. What type of music we're listening to. Like, I just really tried to make that the, like, the, the foundation of the um, social media and it seems to have worked. I mean, I can say with some degree of confidence that we have one of the stronger social media games out of like the science fiction magazines out there right now. And I think in part it, it is because of that, that we, you know, try to uplift, uplift people as much as we try to talk about the magazine. Now, what I'm finding in terms of challenges, um, now that we've passed that 10 K mark, I have to be a lot more careful about what I post and what I say. And the reason for that being is that unfortunately with, you know, with a bigger platform, there are people who will pick at it or, you know, who will be looking for the chink in the armor that they can <laughs> kind of like, you know, yeah. make a critique about. And I've also kind of like had to, um, I've had to think about that and how it relates to my personal social media too, because it's like, okay, now I'm just not some rando writer guy who tweets dumb shit sometimes. Like <laughs> now, <laughs> like now I'm actually connected to this magazine that has this, this pool and this amount of followers. So I have to be, you know, careful to not like take things personally or like, you know, kind of um yeah get offended you're a public or, you figure now yeah yeah and yeah, I have to like, like i feel like i i've seen this with a lot of people who suddenly are in the media because they have a bigger platform it's it's like you have to be more mindful because the flip side of it is more people will want to come after you you know and that's right. sometimes the negative of becoming popular right right and that, and that's i didn't mean to cut you off Oh, no, 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 you're fine. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of what we've experienced. Like, and I've, I'm trying to still navigate that. I, I don't think I'm like an expert at it yet, but I'm just trying to like, you know, take it. What I've been doing for myself is like, take a deep breath before I respond to anything. Or if I choose to respond at all, because like silence is an underappreciated power in social media. And I wish more people utilized it. Like yeah. not everything needs a response. Like you can, you can just choose to not respond and it's totally fine. So yeah, that's, that's the challenge now. And, and someone warned me too. They were like, once you get past the 10 K mark, it's like every 10 K it gets elevated in terms of like people that kind of come at you crazy. So we're almost at the 20 K mark out. Well, halfway there, I think. So like, I'm like prepared for the next, next level of like scrutiny. So just trying, you know, just trying to navigate it. Well, it widens the pool of yep. of the number of folks that would come after you for random reasons. You know what I mean? Like right. the more exposure, you know, and then, and I, I like what you said about silence is something I encourage my students and sometimes my family members and stuff, the same thing. It's like, you don't have to say anything like not right. saying something sometimes is, um, will probably frustrate them even more. 
and they might go find right. someone else to go pick on, you know? So. Right. Right. <laughs> no. And it's true. Like sometimes people just want a response. Mm-hmm. Like, like that, uh, like that dark night quote, somebody just wants to watch the world burn. And that's how some people are. Yep. And you know what? It, let them burn and you don't have to participate. Like, and I, I've tried to like, uh, I'm trying to instill that in other people too. Like, you know, I have friends who get frustrated about things. I'm like, look, you don't have to talk about it. Not every topic of the day requires you to jump in. Right. And I think too, part of it is, um, I mean, I think social media creates this uh, level of arrogance and just, I mean, and, and I don't blame people for feeling that way because everybody wants to feel like what they have to say is important. But sometimes you got to be real with yourself. Someone's already said what you were going to say in a much more eloquent way. You don't need to say anything. Just back off. Right. So, yeah. So those are some of the lessons and little time bombs I've had to deal with in social media. But it's been overall a good experience. Though. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it. That's awesome. I also want to touch upon something that you said about people messaging you in their DMs saying, you know, before you guys came around, you know, I was going to give up on writing, which I think comes back down to representation and, you know, also own voices to an extent, you know. Um, so can you touch upon that? Like when you when you have other artists, black artists and everything, and they finally feel what they're seeing, you know, do you feel one, a sense of responsibility and two about really um, creating a message to um, the community that everyone is welcome? Yes. um, Yeah. I definitely feel a huge responsibility. Um, Sometimes it feels like it almost feels too much. Uh, I can't tell you for sure. Like, Within the last two weeks, I Lakeisha had to save me from a 20 minute meltdown I was having about something with the convention that I was related to. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to fuck this up. Everybody's going to hate me. It's going to be awful. And then, you know, and she she pulled me back. But I, um, part of it is just I do take it so seriously. Like I I do take it to heart and I do like feel so strongly about it. And it's against that tightrope because now it's like you're kind of becoming more of a public face so you have to be careful that your passion doesn't get misconstrued so it's like i have to like i'm still learning how to navigate that because i do very much feel responsible for like anyone that feels the like the magazine's a place of community for them and i i don't ever want to have somebody feel like um it's not you know like i've had so many um black writers who have just reached out to us. They've let us know that like they see what we're doing. They appreciate it. They uh, are hopeful because of it. You know, like a lot of, I think there was a lot of pessimism, understandably so amongst um, black science fiction and fantasy writers before like we came along. And I'm not going to say we dispelled all of it because there's still a whole lot of issues out there. But I think having us there kind of gave people at least at least one place where you can say I'm welcome here. Like I know I'm welcome here. And, and, um, that doesn't make all the problems go away, but it does, it does help people kind of like have a sense of belonging. And yeah, cause I'll be honest, there are some days where I feel the pressure and I'm just like, well, I need to walk away from this. I can't do this anymore, <laughs> but it's, uh, <laughs> but it, um, yeah, it's, it's a labor of love and, 
I'm happy for the impact it's had. I've, I've told people, you know, if nothing, I certainly hope more comes down the line for me, but if nothing else ever came down the line for me, knowing that I was able to help create a space where black writers felt welcome and appreciated would, I think would be an okay legacy. But <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah. I think for me, like as a black author, aspiring author, whatever you want to say, like seeing magazines like via, um, and, and I think you said it earlier, it's like, there's that hope that's out there. It's like this publication, this, you know, this community, this is, this exists for us somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, especially genre writers. I mean, I've been writing, wanted to write fantasy and science fiction my whole life. And it's just like, I, I, I wasn't reading black authors that, you know, there weren't a lot of us, you know, and Will and right. I have talked about this quite a bit and it's like, all right, so where, where do I fit in? Do I do this? You know? And then I started seeing magazines like Faya pop up and I just, I love it. I love that it exists. You know, it gives us hope, you know? Right. And, and I, I, you know, I love hearing that. And one thing we kind of, we always like, especially for um black authors, we want to build that confidence in them. Like that they are authors, you know? And uh, cause, cause I think a lot of times too, we, we undercut ourselves. We'll say like, Oh, uh, you know, it's just something I do on the side. Or like, ah, you know, I'm kind of like taking that. And it's like, no, own it. Own it in the way that other people own it. And, you know, so right. that's one thing I've always tried to do, too, is like instill that confidence in us and just like, hey, you're a writer. You put words on the page. You are an author. Like, and you're sending them out there. You are an author. So I, that's you know one of the biggest things. And I, I think... From where I can tell, you know, I feel like there there are a lot of authors who are way more confident in themselves and, you know, going out there and, and taking those shots. And I know the editorial team, I got to shout them out real quick. They do this um, and it's work, but they make sure that they give feedback to authors on every single story that they get, because we know a big part of this industry and what like kind of like messes with our heads is that we don't know if it's the actual writing or if it's racism or structural issues or whatever that is the reason we're getting rejected. So a lot of times we, we spin ourselves into these crazy holes because we don't know, like, why am I not getting traction? So that, that was one thing, you know, the editorial team was really firm about. It's like, Hey, we want to make sure we give everybody feedback on their stories because we want people to understand that, it's not you. <laughs> and well, and if it is you, it can be fixed. It's just a craft thing. So when I, and I appreciate that, um, from fire quite a bit. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've sent my stuff out to various places, but a lot of times you just get, you know, Oh, it's not right for us. And you don't know why you don't know what it was. You don't know if you formatted something wrong or if the story sucked, you know, and it's right, there's something, right. there's something about getting that, chunk of feedback from fire that's been really helpful in, in keeping the craft going and the hope going. And that's the, and that's the whole thing, you know? And, and so I, I've, I've shared my feedback, the feedback from fire with these guys and I'm just like, and they're like, okay, I can see that. Let's, let's move forward with it for the next one. And it's been great. Right. So, yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. And, sure. and you know, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that actually. That makes me happy because that, because that's really like the goal, right? I want people to know, like, don't quit like you are closer you are always closer than you think you are and you know it's like it 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 may be just one little thing or it may just not be a good fit or you know that's like right now um i'm doing the anthology with tour 
uh-huh. and you know going through submissions for that and and some some of the stories that like i've had to reject i just wanted to be like oh i wish i could just hug you across the internet and tell you that this is good like don't give up on this i'm not i'm not rejecting it because it's a bad story you know so yeah. it's just yeah i and for for me at least at least for as a you know black person in this industry i always want to try to even if it's a rejection i want the black writer to know like this is why all right this is what happened it's not you know it's not you i don't ever want you to think it's you right so yeah so let's talk about FiaCon for a minute um how did it come about was it like a long time coming um for the team and uh tell us tell the listeners about you know like what should they expect what are you super excited about what have you learned from putting all this together because i'm sure it is like a project oh jesus (laughs) (laughs) all right so um yeah it is a project so uh we actually we actually talked about like at our inception at some point doing um like we just we didn't want to do a con we just wanted to do a writer's retreat we're like oh it'd be cool to do like a little writer's retreat get some black writers together you know make it happen at the time didn't have anywhere near enough money for that so we were like yeah that's going to be down the line so we're going to kick the can on that and um then 2020 happened and uh everything was going crazy and we actually um me lakeisha and a couple of other members of the team we attended a virtual convention called flights and foundry and it was done very well we had a good time we enjoyed ourselves and after that was over with lakeisha she's a godsend by the way like she is so smart and just freaking talented so she goes off like for a couple of days and hits me back and she was like we can do this and i was like do what what do you mean (laughs) she's like oh we can do a convention she just like she lays out all these specs and everything you know cost and whatnot and so on and so forth and i was like me at the time i'm like you want me to do what (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna help you with this but um yeah i did not feel adequate at all to help her but you know again that whole thing back to community elevating you and pushing you she was like you can do this you're helping me like i basically didn't have a choice in the matter so um (laughs) at this point we basically she starts laying the foundation for it and we were going to keep it small like our plan was actually to keep it very small we didn't want any more than a couple of hundred people because we were like if we fuck it up it's only for a small audience and they won't, you know, the whole industry won't hate us. So that's what you know, we were thinking, like, keep it small. And then um, the minute we announced it, like, it's just like, it was crazy. People are hitting us up. They're like, we want to give you money for this. How much do you need for this? Like, how much more would it, how much, would, what would it take for you to be able to invite this many more people? I want to buy tickets. For it. So it was just like, it was good, but at the same time, I was like, oh, dear God, like, wait, wait, <laughs> like, this is not what I was thinking would happen. And yeah, no, it was like, this is blowing up so much more than I like thought it would. So, um, well, I'm sure with that, the so, pressure and then everything else could just escalates from there for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, I was just like, wait, this is, just, this is way too much. But, you know, Lakeisha's <laughs> a champ. That's why she's the director of it. So she kind of like, you know, she keeps me from spazzing out too much. So eventually you, she's great. She reached out to people. People wanted to start volunteering, help us out. Yeah. 
I'm she put me in charge of programming, which has been super interesting. And I mean, I've learned a lot. Like, I I mean, I I knew how to use Excel before, but I really know how to use Excel now. Like, (laughs) like how to like navigate, like plugging people in and like trying to. We haven't actually sent out like panel assignments yet. That's coming pretty soon. But like, I've had to figure out like panels, like think about different topics to cover, who's a good fit for what panel, like looking at what people are actually interested in, trying to make sure they're slotted in the right place. It's just, uh, it feels like hurting cats sometimes, but um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun though. It's been fun. Um, I, don't ask me if I'm going to do this again next year. Cause I'm still <laughs> on the fence. <laughs> Let's see how this year goes, right? <laughs> the day after all that angst, you're going to be like, I'm ready. I'm ready for next year. Yeah, you know what? I, I keep to I, I hope that happens because, like, right now, I'm just like, if anybody was to ask me, I couldn't give them a straight answer because it's just, uh, it, it, it's been, I mean, it's been good too, though, because again, like, the staff that has kind of come on and started helping us out, the people who've been volunteering, it's just that family feel again. Like, we'll have our team meetings and we're cracking jokes by the end of it, you know, just to kind of like let the pressure off and. It, it yeah it's been good um and again Lakeisha genius I could not do this with her I would not even have attempted to do this without her because god she is like so much better at all of this than I am and um she deserves all the flowers but <laughs> we we got to um actually the craziest part of this whole convention thing was how fast she put together those awards like she made that happen like magic. Like uh, I was so impressed, and that was after the whole you know George R. Martin fiasco. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Just uh, still mad about it, but um, right. <laughs> but he um, so she you know after that happened, she was like, she just had a fire in her. She was like, you know what? Because we had talked about doing awards, just not this year. We were like, ah, you know, maybe two or three conventions down the line. If we get there, we'll do it. And that just set a fire on her so much. She was like, no, forget this. We're doing this this year. And <laughs> she put it together. I mean, she got an artist. She figured out vendors and everything. And um, yeah, it, it it the whole experience has been it's been a it's been a great one, a stressful one. Uh, I'm kind of ready for it to be over, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's been, um, yeah, I've had to do so much communication with people. It's, it's been good for me on the personal level because I feel like it humanizes a lot of the industry for me Mm. because a lot of these people that I used to look at and be like, this person's way in this ivory tower and there's no way I could ever talk to them. Now I'm just like talking to them like they're a regular person. So it's been, yeah, it's been cool. Awesome. So tell us about, tell everyone about the tour. Like what is the partnership with tour? So, um, tour actually, they hit us up and that, that was one of those people I never thought I would hear from about anything ever. Uh, <laughs> they hit us up. <laughs> yeah. I'm still kind of like in shock a little bit whenever I think about it. I'm like tour, they, they right. ask for us. But so, um, <laughs> They emailed us and, you know, they were like, we love what you guys are doing. Um, we want to try to like collaborate on something. And so um, Devon, uh, the editor and myself were kind of like, okay, we, we can, we can take this on. And um, basically, you know, we, 
we did some idea sessions with um, the editorial staff at Tor. We talked out different ideas, like how what the shape of the project could take. And so um, we decided on like, you know, a flash fiction project and uh, we were hashing out titles. And then, you know, we just thought about like, we wanted to connect to fire, obviously. And then um, we decided on breathe fire just because it kind of served as a, do- a double entendre. And in um, mm. the one respect, you know, it speaks to, I think that rage that so many of us are feeling in our gut right now with so much that's happening right now and just this need for it to be expelled through art and through words. And so that was kind of like the one aspect of it. And the other aspect of it is just like, unfortunately, the breath has been taken from so many of us. And, you know, and we wanted to deal with that aspect too. Cause we were trying to like, we talked about it and we're like, look, it's, it's hard enough to put words on the page right now with everything going on. And we wanted to give them whoever submitted a space to talk about like those two ideas and express them however they felt they needed to express them. And we've actually, it's been an embarrassing abundance of riches, like in terms of submission. So it's making it so hard for me and divine right now. Cause I, I'm just, and that's what, like, what I was saying earlier, I just want to hug some of these people. I'm like, it's good. Trust me. It's just like, right. we only have so much space. And it's, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's a good problem. I mean, you know, it's a good yeah. problem to have. Um, but you, what I'm hoping is that, you know, with not, I mean, we already exist in proving that, hey, Black writers are out here and they're out here in numbers, but what I'm hoping with this anthology that it kind of takes it even further and it shows it's not just that we're hearing out here in numbers, we're here in such numbers and talent that even a big publisher like Tor recognizes it and is willing to put us out there. And that to me is like the hugest thing about this is that we get to work with the publisher that has the kind of platform Tor has and they're giving space entirely to black writers. And I'm just like, I'm I'm still floored when I think about the fact that I'm like little old me. I'm involved in something like that. Like, wow! Like, it's crazy. That's a that's an amazing that's an amazing thing. I cannot I can't wait. That's it sounds. I don't know. Like you said, tour is it's huge and uh and it's a big deal giving giving that yeah. platform. I mean, it's huge. So yeah, no, like my heart's pumping just even talking about it right now because I'm like it still it still hasn't set in yet. I think mm-hmm. I I don't know if it ever will, but it's just. Yeah, like I, it's, I could not have dreamed of this when I first started like working with Fire. Like, I would never have seen any of this coming. Like, I wouldn't have seen Hugo nominations. I would not have seen like winning a World Fantasy Award. I none of that like was even in my radar when we first started doing this. So to be at a point where someone like Tor is reaching out. I'm just still, <laughs> I'm like super grateful. And I'm like, still like, kind of like, I'm like, wait, when, is this a dream? So like, <laughs> when does this end? Like, <laughs> No, you have a story in it as well? No, um, I actually don't have a story in it. I'm just kind of like editing on it. So um, I'm just picking the best ones and we've had some good ones. So, but no, no personal work in it. It's just uh, all, like, what, what we're trying to do is too, I'm trying to make sure that, when it's not just names you know like names that are known like we want to make sure that we also save some space for people that folks may not know because i'm 
and this is the thing I always talk about, like with editing too, is like, I wish people were more intentional in how they approach these things. Like in terms of like, okay, recognizing this is a pretty big platform. Like it's, it definitely could help boost someone's career. So you definitely want to make sure that you save space for someone who's newer. Like you could really like, to me, that's just such a powerful thing. Like I want to be able to help someone launch themselves off. I, I would love it would it like would just make my whole day if someone could ever just point back to something and be like, because you know, of this project, I got this opportunity and now I'm this far along in my career. Like that's kind of like and of course, you know, and I think sometimes two people hear that and they think that, oh, that just means you know, you're doing some affirmative action stuff, and you're just picking some random stories. And like, no, that's not it. It's still gonna be good. It's still right. gonna be yeah. good. Like it's still gotta be a good story, but it's just being intentional. And making sure that you know you include people that may not necessarily have had a chance to be included. So that's just kind of like my personal editorial approach. I always try to like make sure to be intentional and you know not necessarily discount somebody because they're already a name, but just make sure that there's space for people who may not necessarily have a platform yet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you see that especially um, like Hollywood's known for instead of actually trying to have new talent you know, be a co-star in a film or something like that, they'll constantly just go to that, like, one person. And it's like, right. if I see any more Chris Pratt, I just don't want to. And I'm just, no. not, I'm not saying I don't love him. Like, I do. But, like, I just, I'm like, okay. Like, you know, or when Julia Roberts was really big, like, there's other people that right. need the space, you know? Right. Um, so I also want to um, kind of touch upon, you know, it's not just, you know, you're publishing, you know, you're publishing all of the black community, which means also the queer community, you know, within FIA. And how important was that part of being that inclusive, which sometimes might not always happen? So um, it's actually kind of uh, crazy. I don't think, and I don't think most people think about it, like when they actually think about the composition of our team, but most of our team is actually black queer people. Like, um, I think as of right now, like out of the founders, I think we have like one straight person, Devon. <laughs> He's the only straight one. So it's like, you know, it's so hilarious. we've always been very much um, focused on that because we are ourselves, you know, we, uh, we understand how those cross sections work and like the layers of structural issues that happen when you have that compounded. So we've um, definitely tried to be intentional and just like make sure that like this is a safe space for you if you're a black person that is queer and because oftentimes unfortunately and I encountered this early on when I was trying to find writing communities is like I could find all black writing communities and then run smack into homophobia mm. and it would be like Oh, that's so disappointing. I just, you know, I was happy to have this space and it's like, right. boom, right there. Yeah. So we, um, so yeah, we definitely try to make that like, um, not to say even a mission statement, but just like a core part of who we are is like, if you're black, a, a black person of any stripe, you are welcome here. Like, you know, we don't, we're not going to push anyone out. So that's just kind of like always because because we got those questions a lot, too, at first, which is kind of it's kind of sad because, you know, we would, we would have to clarify it. But we'd often have people ask us like, oh, well, I'm biracial. 
does that mean I can't submit? Or like, oh, well, I'm a black person living in this part of the world. Does that mean I can't submit? And, you know, it would make me sad because I'm like, ah, you're black. Just <laughs> you come on, like send it through. Like you're here. But I get it. You know, we need affirmation. And that's why, you know, we 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 still say it on a regular basis. Like if you, this is what we think of in terms of black and you're welcome here. So, you know, because we, I think even though people, most people may know that, it still doesn't hurt to, it doesn't hurt to affirm that every now and again. Let's let people know, like, you're safe here. You can submit your stories here. Um, you won't ever have to worry about getting weird critiques about you having something that's not Christian in there, or, you know, having some, you know, a home, uh, having a homosexual relationship or anything like that. So, yeah, it's a big part of um, it's a big part of who we are, just because most of us are ourselves. So, awesome. And so, um, yeah, I think that's amazing. I mean, I've read Fias since it came out, um, and I thought that was a really it did feel really inclusive of the nuances of the black community, which is super important because I think sometimes certain voices get cut out because it doesn't fit the paradigm dominant culture right 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 um so um so my next question is you know where do you want to be like where do you see your writing career going or your work in progress like in a year and then five years like what are your hopes and goals and what do you want to work towards you know obvious big one to get out the way i would love to just like have an agent and be able to be out there querying and get out into that, you know, get out into that world. Um, I have something that like, I just actually got off to some beta readers. So hopefully they don't tell me it's a complete dumpster fire. And I'll have to <laughs> go back and do too much editing. And then I can kind of like, you know, maybe start prepping that to, um, to go out in the world. I actually have, um, a big success, which is, uh, I'm sure most people are like, what, that's a success, but I actually got a mentor in, um, Max Gladstone, who uh, through the Swiffer mentorship program, so um, he's been great. That's he's amazing. Like, That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Now, what he's what like, program is that through? Um, Swiffer, uh, the Science Fiction Writers of America. They have like a little mentorship <laughs> program. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I applied through it, and honestly, this is like some 2020 stuff. But I applied to it. I had no expectation of getting chosen for anything. I was just like, ah, I'm just going to do it, you know, just to see. And then not only did they hit me back with like, oh, yeah, we chose you. They gave me like my favorite author. So <laughs> I didn't even email him the first week because I was freaking out so bad. <laughs> I was just like, I like completely shut down. And I was like, I'm trying not to fan out here. Like I have to actually like approach this like a real like professional relationship. So I had to get my mind right first. But um, and it didn't help that, you know, they get to see your application. And of course, in my application, I have right there. Like math class, so I was like one of my favorite people, and I'm just like, oh god, yeah, dang it! <laughs> I was like, could I not be more embarrassing? But <laughs> but you know, he's been um, he's been awesome. Like I like we communicate. I think we communicate like it's about like once twice a week, and he's just been like great. I've learned so much in such a brief time, and um, yeah, like that that to me is like a professional goal ticked off. I'm like, oh, I'm getting to learn from someone who I like absolutely adore. Like, yeah, that's great. So, um, so awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's a uh, professional thing I can take off. But, um, in five years, shit, I would love to like have 
a couple of books out there by in five years. Um, whatever books those are, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I get, I probably get like a new idea every day. So, so, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I don't know which one will end up out there, but um, I'd be happy with whichever one ended up out there. Uh, yeah, like just have a couple of books out there, and to to have like the recognition of people I respect too. Like if I could get a couple of cool ass blurbs from some authors I really respect, like that would be that'd be cool. Like I'm not even. I mean, of course, like a fat ass advance would be awesome too. But I would. <laughs> but you know, yeah, as, as for real. Day, like I would, <laughs> right? But um, I would just like love to like just be respected within the community. I mean, I think I am in terms of like community building and and whatnot, which is cool. Like I, I I'm totally fine with respect on that level. But I would also like to see some in terms of my writing too. So. I could like yeah in five years if I could get to that level I think that'd be great. Awesome. So well I'm aware of the time. Do you want to ask your the, the last questions? Uh, oh yeah, my last question. <laughs> so we always ask us at the end of the interview. It's like okay. what because we're called just keep writing. Um, so what keeps you writing when you don't feel like it or when things aren't going so well or even on good days? Like what really keeps you constantly writing? For me, what keeps me writing, ooh, I think just it's kind of intrinsic almost, but I know that's not a great answer. So um, you, I think for me, like I'm kind of like anal about like habits and repetition and routine. So especially like once I like mm-hmm. in a project, I'm very much like I keep like I keep like a little spreadsheet where I have to color in every day if I wrote and I'm like. I don't like blank spots, so I'm coloring it in. And just, like, also, too, um, accepting that it's okay to not hit a certain mark every day as long as you get something and it's a cumulative effect. I take a lot of um, I take a lot of lessons, and th- this is probably a weird correlation, too, but I take a lot of lessons from the gym and apply it to writing. So... Like in the gym, some days you have a bad workout. Well, a bad workout is better than no workout. True. So a mm-hmm. bad day of writing is better than no day of writing. Or, but also, too, accepting that rest days are part of the process. Rest days help you grow. Mm-hmm. Rest days help you heal. So it's okay to have a couple of days where you don't write. Like that's a rest day. You're healing. Your mind is like working stuff out. And also just kind of like accepting that like, nothing happens overnight. Nothing gets done overnight. It's all a cumulative process. So just not being forgiving of myself and just accepting like this is a marathon and not a sprint is what probably the biggest thing that keeps me going. Awesome. Well, I mean, I, we can't thank you enough for your time tonight, Brent. And honestly, um, one of the last things that we usually have folks do is just say, you know, put out your social media stuff and we'll put it in the show notes, just how people can get okay. a hold of you. Fire magazine, all that kind of stuff. So whatever you want to tell our listeners, and then we'll pass it along. So, all right, yeah, for sure. Um, the fire magazine, you can find it at firelitmag.com. Uh, you can contact me on my personal social media. It's at, at Brent C Lambert, and the fire magazine is uh, social media is at firelitmag. Both of those are on Twitter. Awesome. Cool. Any last things, guys? Or. Thank you so much for coming. This was fun. I hope you had a good yeah. time. Yeah. No, we, this was actually a really good time. I, I, I've done a couple of these, and some of them kind of are dry sometimes. Like, this this was actually fun. I had a good time. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate you, Brent. And like I said, we, uh, we follow the magazine and all that, and we just, we're just stoked to have you on. Appreciate your time. 
So yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm really grateful you guys asked me on. This was fun. I had a good time. Hopefully we can do it again. And this has been Just Keep Writing, a podcast for writers by writers to keep you writing. Check out our website at justkeepwriting.org. You can find links to our social media and Discord channel in the show notes, as well as any other links mentioned during the show. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is patreon.com slash justkeepwriting. Thanks for listening. Now just keep writing.